Vegas is your place for all things Grand Rapids Griffins and all things Toledo Walleye. This is the Hockey Town West Podcast with your host, Brandon Cook and Nick Harrington. Welcome back to the Hockey Town West Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm Nick. He's trying to make the Apple effect <laughs> pop up behind him on screen, and it is not working at all. Congratulations. It's going to no. happen <laughs> randomly throughout the episode at some point, and it's impossible to edit out. Thank you, Apple, for adding background effects for just a thumbs up. Appreciate it. <laughs> He's got fireworks now. You're welcome, everybody. Those were bad fireworks. Who knows? I don't know. This is going to... For someone with severe ADD like uh, Mister Mister Nick over here, this this effect is going to be terrible. I'm going to have to go to his house and turn it off without him knowing. <laughs> so, entertainment for everybody else, frustration for the editor. That's all it is. <laughs> this is going to be a great episode, folks. I can already tell you that because outside of Nick figuring out that he can do special effects, Nick got to go to a sweet hockey game last night, and he went and watched <laughs> the Red Wings absolutely dominate the washington capitals in person so congrats to you even though you missed half of it waiting in line for some clothing that's how we're gonna start this this is how we're gonna start this no 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 we're gonna start this Uh, you're you're fresh no you're good you're good because we won't start with that because that was an experience we will start with the grand Rapids griffins not only extending their point streak to 16 freaking games but getting another win tonight in overtime against the Iowa Wild here in Grand Rapids on this winning Wednesday. What a game it was, man. This was, first of all, it's the Wednesday that you got to watch a good chunk of for once. That's that's rare. Yeah, this was a, this was a wild winning Wednesday game. See what I did there? Wild Didn't winning Wednesday. You see Wednesday. what you did there? You're welcome. Um, yeah, we were super slow today. So he's like, my boss is like, go home at 7. He knew I was watching the game on my iPad at work. So uh, <laughs> he sent me home and I came home and I started watching and clipping. So uh, it was good. Yeah. Because I was like coming into this. I'm like, man, I'm just going to have to come home. I'm going to have to listen to Brandon talk about how great the game was or how bad the game was. And I'm just going to have to sit here and <laughs> just have to listen to it. <laughs> like our listeners. The backstory behind that for everybody who just started listening this season is that when we went through the terrible season that was last season, the craziest games the Griffins played in one usually happen on Wednesdays, and Nick could never go, never watch. I mean, there's the time they came back and what scored eight unanswered on Chicago in Grand Rapids. Like that happened on a Wednesday, and he missed that whole thing. So he really hates doing these Wednesday episodes when I come in and I'm all cheery. And he's like, Yeah, I worked. You can go jump off a cliff. Yeah, I still feel that way, but that's fair. I respect it. I do have the most punchable face, right? Yeah, it was voted in uh, one vote. The Griffins come out and win this game. And man, it started off great. It got dicey and then it ended pretty good. So quick rundown here. Griffins win this three to two in overtime. Out shoot the Iowa Wild 38 to 28, including out shooting them five nothing in OT. In twelve to two in the third period, and hey, Iowa still had more shots in the third than Ottawa did last night. Zero. <laughs> I don't know if you saw Un- that. Unparalleled <laughs> success is what they call that organization. Oh. Yep. Anyways, so this game gets kicked off. Zach Aston Reese actually starts off the scoring for Grand Rapids. Nine minutes, twenty-two seconds in, gets his ninth of the season, assisted by Shine and Les Perrantz. A fantastic shift from this third line. Just an absolute battle all over the place to keep possession of this puck, and somehow Aston Reese buries it. It was just a great sequence. A good one of the best minute and a half of hockey I've seen a third line play in a long time. Like these guys were just buzzing out there, and then not even you know a minute later. Marco Casper gets the Griffins up two to nothing with his ninth of the season. So both Zach and Marco get their ninth of the season. Bergy and Vero get the assist on this one. And what a shot by Marco. What an absolute shot. He labeled the back of the net where he wanted that, and he did not miss. He had a fantastic game tonight, just overall. He did. We'll get we'll, we'll get there. into him here. Uh end of the first period, though, Minnesota. Whoops. End of the first period. Iowa comes out and does get one on the boards. We go into the first intermission up two to one, feeling good, but 
Grand Rapids' second periods have been eh, all season long. There's never really been like an established good second period, except for maybe the shutout against uh, Texas last Wednesday. So Iowa is the only team that scores in this one. They do tie the game 15 minutes, 45 seconds in. And in the third period, yes, we said Grand Rapids outshot Iowa 12 to 2, but nobody converted. Uh, Jesper Wallstead played a fantastic game tonight. Uh, we've seen, you know, we've seen the statistics since his seven goal NHL game, and they haven't been great. But usually when he plays the Griffins, he knows how to play the game. And he did play extremely well. I will give him some kudos there where he deserves them. Good game from him. He gets outdueled by Sebastian Cosa, who stops 26-28 tonight. Another fantastic game from Seabass there. Absolutely seeing the puck so well right now. Making really smart decisions when he's in net. Not putting himself out of position. Like, he's just playing incredible hockey. But then, overtime, man, Simon Edmondson makes up for some mistakes we'll talk about here in a little bit. And gets his eighth of the season, which turns out to be the game winner, assisted by Hiroshi and Tuamisto. And the Griffins go home with a dub. I'm happy. I was happy when they took it to overtime to extend the point streak. Even happier with another win over a Central Division opponent. This was good. Yeah, if I I read this correct, and I remember this correctly, we haven't lost to Iowa yet this season. We have not. We are undefeated, and we play them two more times? Yeah, one is this Friday, too. So let's peel this game back a little bit before we get too far ahead of ourselves talking about the weekend. I know we got the win. It's time to move on to the next one already, right? That's the new mentality around here. I love it. So we'll start with this is Ben Simon's first trip back to Grand Rapids. Uh, play or coaching for the exactly coaching for the other team. For those that don't know, that was the Griffins head coach last year, and they did welcome him back on the video board, and he maybe got three claps. In probably about sixty or seventy boos, uh, he was not welcome back. Clearly, it was it was I, I kind of there was a part of me that was like, that's that's rough. I think he's used to losing in this building, so he's used. <laughs> he's definitely used to losing in this building. You can tell, like, it's it's got to feel bad to see. Like, granted, there is a lot more talent on this team than he had to deal with last year. We've said that before. Sean Horkoff did not set him up for any form of success last season, and that was well admitted throughout the organization. But to see what he can do with or can do with the little bit of talent he has in Iowa, to compare to what Dan Watson's done with this mega talented team, oh, it's got to feel like kind of feel bad. Kind of embarrassing. Maybe he shouldn't show up to Friday's game. I don't know. You think there's some extra fuel there for the players, too, to, like, really bury it? Oh, my (laughs) God, yes. They were so fiery tonight, dude. It's it's unbelievable. Like, I don't know, man. There's not a whole lot of players that have carried over, though, either. Like, you've got Shine, Lesby. I don't think the story. I don't think the player needs to carry over. I think the stories of what he's done in his time carry over. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. And uh, it's no secret that there's a lot of veteran players out there that dislike Ben Simon as a coach. I mean, Riley Barber was a player that was a fantastic player for this organization, and it was well known that Riley and him didn't get along very well. I can only assume that carried forward for a lot of the veteran players that played here still from last year. You know, because based on what we heard, just asking general questions, that was the players that gave us that feedback. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, they, but anyways, about it. yeah, it was a good question. It was a good, good chuckle, but had by everybody. Yeah. But anyways, into this game now. Let's dive into a couple of these players. Marco Casper, right? You mentioned it. He had himself a game all over the ice tonight. Does get his ninth of the season, but just playing to piss you off. And I'm going to also outskill you hockey that he can play. I've never seen this kid buzz as much as he was buzzing tonight, man. He was all over the place in everybody's face. If you chipped at him, he's going to chip back 10 times harder and also outskill you at the same time. It was, it was incredible. He, this, was, might, this might have been his best game outside of the multiple point nights that he had in Manitoba and stuff like that. Might have been one of his best games as a Griffin all around. He was like a little wrecking ball out there, just like laying out the hits. Um, and he's still he's still really tiny. Like he's still a smaller guy. But uh, like one of the, the highlights I put, like the guy kind of ran into him and he fell back like the other player fell backwards, um, kind of like a reverse hit almost. 
But like he was just all over the place. He tried the Michigan, didn't convert. So I want to call it the Ohio because he didn't score. Oh, <laughs> uh, I knew you're gonna. I knew you're gonna like that one. But I like he played all over the place. He played so well, and I like as soon as he was buzzing, Ammo was buzzing right behind him too. Though, like they were feeding off each other, each other's energies so well. So like I, there's just things that I love to see, and like Marco, if. I've seen a lot of trade deadline rumors and I'm hoping he stays here. And like next year, he's going to be just all over the place. And I hope this is kind of like the game that launches him into like, like to really show off his skills and his like aggression. I hope a lot of people see this and like start jumping on the bandwagon of Marco. I don't want to get too far off track from the game, but I think I need, I think I need to get this out there in the open. There's a lot of rumors with trades right now around these, these players, right? There's tons. Yeah. You don't know what's real. What's not what anything that comes from Steve Eisenman, obviously is going to be pretty locked down secret, but at the same time, a lot of these trade rumors are generated when you're talking about prospects, you look at their statistics, right? Not everyone that's talking. These rumors is going and watching every single game. Like we put ourselves through all season long. I can tell you this. If the Red Wings organization understands these prospects, probably 99.9% of them aren't moving. Yeah. Because they see the bigger picture and what's there. Yeah. Marco Casper is much more than his stats. Yep. He brings so much more to the table that's not tracked on a on a stat sheet. Same with Carter Mazer. Same with Bergy. Same with all of these players bring more to the table than goals, assists, and plus minus. That's all the it's AHL like- tracks. Just like David Perron, like they were looking at trading him, but that's a huge emotional piece for the for the wings. So, I mean, I think Sunday we're going to kind of go, we're getting closer to the trade deadline. I think Sunday is going to be kind of that topic of we're going to cover of trades and rumors and what happens as long as nobody gets traded before then. But, um, and like what the kind of like the effects of it for us. So, yeah. Because like I said, without getting too much into it, there's very few players in this team with where the Red Wings are at at their success level right now. Yeah. that I'm comfortable saying, yeah, you can trade them for a piece for that or whatever. Like the return would have to be out of this world for most of these prospects right now. Yep. And we but may anyways, overvalue them, but <laughs> we might, but at the same time, we do see what they bring to the table, not just locker room, not just goals, not just, we see the whole picture and we've heard the whole picture. Like we know Bergie's a locker room guy as crazy as that is. He's a locker room guy. But anyways, we'll get into them on Sunday. Yes, Casper, great game. Love what I saw from him. Bergie, his assist on that was a beautiful assist. Vero gets on the point sheet again tonight, just showing that there's a lot more potential there than I think what we thought coming into this season. Granted, the the sample size has been small this year with injury. But I think if he can stay healthy, he's really making that argument to stick around here. Yeah, he's still so interesting. Like, I just don't know. I want to buy, but I want to sell. I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know where he is right now. He makes so little mistakes, and that's what I really like about him. Like, he doesn't put himself in those bad positions as a defenseman. I mean, he's got 16 games in the season, a goal and three assists, and he's an even zero in the plus minus category. It's like it's not bad. And he's no, playing third line not. minute. Like. Exactly. He hasn't played anything higher than third line the whole time he's been in these 16 games. He hasn't spent any time in Toledo this year. Like, it's for us, it's not us like setting saying that he needs to go to Toledo because he's playing terribly. We just want him to play. Like, that was that was our biggest thing is like, it's not a punishment for him to go to Toledo on our side. It's just he needs to play, he needs to continue his development, and Toledo needs defense. (laughs) Bad. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. there. I mean, Vero, I mean, that does make sense if he's going to get very limited minutes. Like, look what Tuamisto was able to do just coming back from injury down there. And, like, yeah, that got him rolling to what he, he's able to do now. And Vero, he's got one more game than Jared McIsaac had this season. He's got the same amount of points. And McIsaac was also a minus three. Crazy, right? <laughs> Crazy. He's two points away from New Power, who's got double the games. It's. He's yeah. he's on the right path, man. He is. And I'm liking what I'm seeing. And this is consistent, like, games with points right now. It's crazy. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, I mentioned the third line. The Aston Reese, uh, 
Justin Reese, Les Perrance, and Shine line. Dude, that was the most fun line of the night. They gave Iowa hell every single time they got the puck on their stick. Whether it was the offense or defensive zone. And that line did not spend much time in their defensive zone. Yeah. They, they had the puck. They were in the O zone. And oh my God. Just made them look like fools. Even when Iowa would good. even when Iowa would tip the puck off one of their sticks, the next guy was right behind him ready to pick it up. Like their awareness of who and where they are on the ice together, the chemistry's through the roof on that line. That's what I was going to ask. Is the, like, the chemistry is just there, and it helps, too. Like, they, uh, Zach Aston Reese and Dominic Shine are friends, so, like, that helps. So, you think that line, the Zach Aston Reese, Dominic Shine, and Joel Lesbron's line, do you think it's a lot like that Fisher, Cop, and Rasmussen line, where they were just shutting players down? Like, they were shutting the entire lineup down. Um, there was, like, some crazy stat that they hadn't given up a goal in, like, multiple games against that line. So, um, Kind of like the grind line, you want to say, for this team? Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, our fourth line, if you look at it, because that was kind of Detroit's fourth, third line. It flip-flopped from game to game. But, I mean, our fourth line consistently has been Soderblom, Hannes, and Lombardi. Yeah. I would consider that kind of like a mid-tier second line that you really don't know where to put everyone. Like, when you're thinking about that third grind line, that shutdown line, yeah, it, it is that line for us right now. I mean, it's got two of our best penalty killers on it right there. That helps in yeah. in that sense. I mean, Dominic Shine right now, his penalty, like we've said episode after episode, his penalty killing skills are so undervalued on this team. It's not even funny. He's the just, reason this penalty kill continues to be perfect night after night. I just wish he would like capitalize more on his chances that he has. Like, he's like, he's out there a lot on those empty net opportunities and he's put a few of them in, but it's taken him a while to get to that. Like, He's had chances prior, and then he he finally gets it later in the game. But um, that's the only knock that I have on Shine. Like he does play hard. He's able to kill the penalties. He's a pass to everybody, and he's not like scared to throw it down. You know, I don't think he's fighting as much as he did last year. But um, no, no, which is good. He stepped yeah. away from that part of it. He doesn't want that to be his game anymore. You can tell he's tired of that. He's over it. He wants to go out there and do what he can do. And I think everyone in this team's guilty of, you know, looking for that extra opportunity and not taking the shot sometimes. Everyone in this team does it. Shine does it a little more than most people, but he's always looking to be the setup guy. When he does have a nice shot, he should definitely take it more. But at the same time, he's he falls into that category of hits a lot of posts and maybe there's a confidence issue there on the offensive side, but he knows what his game brings on the defensive side. There's no worry of you know, low confidence on that based on how I've watched him play the past 16 games. <laughs> I want I just want to see him do an empty net clapper. Like just, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Cause he if could he do it. That, and he would, he would stick it up for it. Like <laughs> if he does that, we're getting shirts made of that clapper happening. Like it's happening. I hope I so would. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll sell them somewhere. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, that line just absolutely buzzing. And you know, you mentioned one guy tonight too, who I thought was flying and had multiple good opportunities tonight, just couldn't really convert anything. Was Amadeus? I mean, his confidence level right now looks to be at an all-time high. I've seen, I've saw him throw two hits tonight. I haven't seen that kid with his small stature throw hits yet this year, and he was doing it, and he did it well. Like, I don't know, man. It. There's something going on with him right now where his confidence is just getting there. We saw him try, we've seen him try his patented wraparound attempt a couple times recently. Like he's getting to that point where the end of the season in playoffs, playoffs is where Amadeus Lombardi shines, folks. Like go back to look at his junior stats. This kid loves high pressure games. Yeah. He gets put in that situation towards the end of the season in the playoffs this year. I think it's going to be a breakout for him, but also at the same time, like, the track he's making for his development for next season, oh, he's going to be disgustingly good. Yeah, and you like he said too with the interview with us a couple of weeks ago is that he he's not worried about the points right now. He's just trying to really put into the work and like learn the system and the process and everything. He's like the points will come with it. Um, so I mean, he but he's playing so well too though. Like tonight in overtime, he's out there on three on three hockey and he picks this guy's pocket. Keeps the puck. He's calm with it. 
he keeps possession and he um I can't remember who was on his wing, but he passed it over to them and then they started building it up the play. And I think that may have led to the Edmondson goal. It was right, but it was around before it, was, it like 30 to yeah. 45 seconds before it. Cause I watched I'm sitting lower on that end where he did that. And I'm just like, oh, he he just did that to that poor guy. Like that guy's got a family. And you just stole everything from him. Didn't take a like, penalty. Like he just no? he took it clean. Uh, there wasn't even like a contest of like, hey, this could have been no. Like he took it clean and he was able to keep possession. Like that's huge on three on three in our own end too. We were in the defensive end when he did that. So, um, props I mean, that's just what that's what Amadeus Lombardi brings to the table. With there's offensive upside there, but the defensive upside is the underrated part of his game and the ability to not only not take penalties but draw penalties constantly because of his speed and the way he moves on the ice. He's He's a less developed Lucas Raymond at this point, dude. He, Honestly. He even, he even said, too, he's like, I haven't taken the way of the puck as much as I think I have. <laughs> like, we're like, no, you get it like two a game, buddy. <laughs> like, we can see it. He, he thinks there's more in the tank there, but like, I don't think I'm wrong in that comparison of the two players right now. He is a less developed Lucas Raymond. He has the tool set to be that level, but it's going to take a hell of a lot longer to get there. I think you need to stop watching Amla then if that's the case. Because every time you stop watching Lucas, he scores. <laughs> I know. Maybe that is the case. I don't know. I can't remember the last Amadeus goal I saw in person. He might be on to something. Yeah. Um, anyways. Shootout. <laughs> that was sick, though. Uh, anyways, the guy we'll talk about. Now, I had thoughts and feelings about this before and during the game. And then obviously at the end of the game, there's a positive here. So Simon Edvinson had a bad game tonight. Let's be real. He did not have his best game. Uh, Iowa's second goal that tied the game, he got fried. Usually I'd say he get burned. No, he got fried. Like, I, I've i never seen him make that poor of a defensive play that ended up resulting in a goal right away. Like, we've seen him give less effort some nights, but this was ugly. Downright ugly. And... I love the play, honestly, because this is what I've been saying to people this entire season. And like, he just, he get, he could have gotten that puck. It didn't have to end that way. He could have gotten it at the blue line. And instead he was lazy to get it. And the guy burned him twice. Yep. And we've talked about playing to your competition before. Like we talked about that with Elmer. Does he play to the skill level of his competition? And Elmer's moved on from that. He plays yeah. everybody super hard every night. Like, again, another great game from him tonight, too. We can't let that go unnoticed. But Simon seems to lower his skill level sometimes to his opponents. And he usually ends up getting burned or walked or made look like a fool in the games he does that. Now, that's the negative. I do have a positive spin on this, shockingly enough. Is, well, he scored the game winner. That's a positive, right? But it's <laughs> at this point in your development, like, you know, you're on the cusp. Every move you make is going to be criticized. Some random podcast is going to clip you getting walked like that. And we're going to say, yep, wow, this is terrible. This is why he's still here. We just did all that. At the same time, he is able to take the adversity and turn it into at least a positive and go out there and fight for the win and end up getting the win. Like, that takes a special set of skills in the confidence area right there to be able to go, yup, I screwed up. You saw him talking to Kosa right after that puck went in the net. There was a lot of conversation. Those two talked to each other. The communication between those two, it happens constantly when they're on the ice, which is a really good sign. They're working off each other, understanding what happened. Like him taking that and going out there and he honestly played a solid rest of the game. He didn't make too many more mistakes after that. I think I saw him get burned only one more time by a much faster player in Nick Patan. Yeah. Like that's going to happen. Nick Patan is going to burn you as a defenseman once in a while. He's good. It's like watching Mo Sider against Connor McDavid. Like it's going to happen. You're going to get burned, but you're still Mo freaking Sider. So you're, not comparing, still... you're not comparing Nick Patan to Connor McDavid, right? No, God, no. Okay. no. I'm just saying in the perspective of all things defense here. Yeah, Nick Patan's the next counter. David, you didn't know? Put your money on it now. DraftKings.com. Use code THPN. 
Please don't do that. That's a waste yeah, of money. Don't, don't um, do that. <laughs> no, it's just it's just it shows growth is what it shows. There's negative to it for sure. You let it happen to begin with. Yeah. But you grew from it, realized your mistake, woke the hell up, and played a good rest of the game. And you end up getting your eighth of the season in the game winner. And be number one in the start of the game. Which was interesting. Confidence booster number one star. <laughs> I don't know. Coast deserved that, in my opinion. But anyways, he's had a few of those lately. The only other thing I want, like Simon was like his game was just so up and down this tonight. Like he had that huge hit, was nice. Like took care of the body. Uh, <laughs> that guy kind of flew for a little bit. That was good. And then just the lazy play there. But then you could kind of see like he put the game on his shoulders. And was like I gotta play hero puck. Like you saw it. It's funny because I put it in the third period. He went towards the net, got a shot off. Uh, Walsh made a great save, saved it. And then um, he had another spot where he's trying to go to the center to get that uh, shot off again, and he gets tripped. And that gives Grand Rapids the power play going into the, the going into overtime. And then he does the same play, gets it in there, snipes it in, game over. And like his face, I don't know if you saw the clip, but like he was cheesing so hard. Like he was so happy to like, just come like to get like to overcome that bad, bad, bad defensive play that he had because he knew like he knew that was going to eat him up and he could have he could have hid. He could have decided to like hide and like play less aggressive, but he didn't. He went back to it and he's he played more aggressive. I th- I felt after that play um where he got burned. So um so, yeah, I, I wanted to add that because like that those were big plays in the game that he did. And he kept trying and he kept trying and he kept trying to do it. I think sometimes, though, it does burn him where he plays. He puts too much on his shoulders. I know he's a tall you gotta guy. Think, but... You got you to gotta think, too. <laughs> These guys can't go sit on the bench and watch what just happened on an iPad. Like you kind of the yeah. NHL. They have to understand what happened in real time, recognize the problem, and correct it. Simon immediately knew he made a mistake. He talked it over with Kosa. Literally, while I was celebrating the goal, they talked to each other, saw what, asked each other what happened on the play, and he went out there and made the adjustments he needed to make. That's the signs of a good prospect. Yeah, yeah he's going to make mistakes, and we're going to dog him for it because he's the top <laughs> prospect. You're in the spotlight, buddy. Welcome to. It's only going to get the worse show. as you get go into the show, man. It's only yeah. going to get worse. But. When you turn around and score the game winner, you get forgiven pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that brings me to the last guy I'll talk about with this game. It is Sebastian Cosa. I gave him kudos earlier, and I'll give him kudos again, man. Just he seems so calm right now. He seems exactly in the same headspace that we saw him in the second half of the season in Toledo. Like, he just looks looks ready. Like, I know he's not, I know we're not saying put him in the NHL right now. I'm not saying make him the starting goalie in Detroit next season. But he's the number one in Grand Rapids, in my opinion, at this point. He has solidified the number one goaltending spot in Grand Rapids. I went through our game day, or not game day, our season preview episode. Out of curiosity, when I said I thought Kosa would take that number one spot from whoever the second goaltender was, because we didn't know at that time. Yeah. I said February. What did I say? You said March. Nice. We're right there. This, We're right it's, there a leap, baby. it's a leap year, you know? <laughs> you gotta give me yeah, a day. Yeah. <laughs> the whole point behind that, besides us going, yeah, we were right. Um is <laughs> he's, me, he's <laughs> hitting the development points every point he needs to wherever he's playing at. What he did in Edmonton. What he did in Toledo, what he's doing now, it's time to buy into the COSA hype train if you haven't yet. Is he going to have a bad game at some point in the season still? Yes, there's going to be a bad game down the road at some point. It's 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 goalies. They have, I mean, it happens. We're not going to lose but, another game, Brandon. I don't know why you haven't <laughs> got this. starting to look more realistic at this point. We're, starting to, we're going to live that life of Shorzy at some point, I think. It's about that time day, that I said that <laughs> we've been on this. It was about, about that time. But at the end of the day, like it's just it's so good right now. And the vibes are good, man. 
the vibes as a Grand Rapids Griffin fan, unless you until you look at our power play, everything's great. But God, the power play is atrocious. We've talked about it. I feel like every time we've covered a game, the last section we talk about in that game lately has been penalty kill was perfect again. But oh, power play, 0 for 3 tonight. Again, couldn't establish himself in the zone. Again, had a power play opportunity in overtime. Couldn't convert. Like, guys, change it up. But yeah, the power play is just, just a struggle, man. 23? Are we at 23 chances? 23 what? 23 power plays and no goal? No, we got one the other night, remember? We got one. Oh, okay. That broke the streak. That broke the streak. There was one. But we haven't had any other since that. We still don't. There's no sign of one to come. What's our overall percentage? 18.1% on the power play. And to put that in perspective, Texas in our division is at 22.9. So it's about a 4% swing. Not far off, but I'd like to be in the 20s. Like, Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, so I went for a little run yesterday, and they were talking about special teams, and you want to have a 100% based off your power play and your penalty kill adding up to 100%. Now, it's going to fluctuate here or there, but that's where you want it to be. We're at 987 so, we're, so again, we're close. We're close. So like the penalty kill has to continue to do what it's doing. The power play does need a few more chances here. I don't know. I don't know what the fix is on this. Like, uh, like Tyler said, we just point out what's wrong. <laughs> Somebody else is getting paid to fix it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like, yeah, luckily, luckily through all of the, this stretch of just terrible power play results, our penalty kill has been fantastic. Like that 18% power play we're at is not from the last 16 to 20 games. It's from games earlier in the season. It's dropping game by game at this point. Over three again tonight. I mean, we had one over the last four games, one power play goal. But I don't think they've let in a power play goal in the last four games. Like that's, I guess it's all about balance, right? (laughs) There it is. I mean, there was opportunities there too. I mean, Iowa's penalties really came in the third period. They had two in the third. They had one in overtime. And they got one at the end of the game, too, for abusive officials. Uh, nice. Funny. Classic Iowa. Classic I think they get one of those Simon. about every single time. Uh, anyways. A um, few things that I want to touch on. So the the power play, the it, because most people aren't watching the games like we are, right? Because they don't have access to HLTV. The only time they'll see it is if we post, and we're not really posting power play clips, right? Unless they're scoring. And it's it's not a thing that they're just sitting there passing the puck back and forth. Like, they're shooting. They're loading up, taking shots um, off the bumper. I mean, like, I was watching it tonight, and I'm like, okay, what what's going wrong with this? But it's just, I think they're coming up against a lot of good goalies, like Remy Poirier, uh, they went against Askarov. They went against Wallstead tonight. Like it drew Camesso. They played a, c- a couple games against him. So like part of it's the goalies that the gauntlet of goalies that they've had to go through um, because the, it's not like they're getting chances. They're hitting off the post. They're, they're getting opportunities. It's just, they're not able to finish. I think that'll come. So, I mean, it's not a, it, it just needs some puck luck, honestly, like that and possibly a guy to stand little bit more net presence you know standing in front of the goalie to get that screen to get that deflection uh, because they're they're loaded up they're shooting and they have the shooters to do it like 2-0 they had Berge shooting a couple off the side um cross hannis had a chance tonight too i think on the power play so i mean it's it's they just need it like they need that monkey off their back kind of thing like i i think it'll come so i'm not super nervous or like concerned i know like when tyler said 21 came the 21 chances in a row i was like oh that's yeah, i was that's concerned then yeah but it's like it's not something that like last year if we were 21 and 0 or 0 and 21 like we would have noticed it you know what i mean like 
this power play is garbage because all they were doing last year was passing. They weren't even shooting the puck last year. And we were like, everybody's yelling in the stadium, shoot the puck. Like you don't really have that as much this year. I feel because they are shooting it. Like they're getting their angles. They're getting their chances. Um, Maybe they just need better like angles of, I don't know if it's like block shots. Maybe I'll pay more attention to it, but I mean, they're, I don't know how much needs to be fixed with it, you know, besides scoring, finishing. I'll tell you this. All right. All right. Bring it in. Steph Julian, you're listening. Bring it in. Okay. Take Elmer Soderblom off the bumper and put him in front of the net. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, try it one game. Just one game. Give me it for one game. Prove me wrong. And I'll eat my words on that. But until I see it, I'm going to keep saying put. The guy who's over 6'5 in front of the dang net. You see the hell that Simon Edmondson gives Sebastian Cosa screening him, and they have to deal with that all the time. Why don't we take that and move it over there? Yeah, like, and even if you do, like, split up, like, Marco and put Marco on the second line, I'm wondering how good of a net presence he would be. I know he's smaller. Oh, that's funny. You say that. Marco was on the second power play unit tonight. Him and, him and Gettinger were on that second unit together. Gettinger was playing center at some point. Um, Which is good. You know, I like that. We're trying new things. I like it. Yeah. I think he Marco wasn't in front of the net, though. Because I just feel like his grittiness of like Johan Franz and kind of like being in front of the net, like he might have a couple good chances there. So like, I'll do you one better. Bring it, bring it in again, you know. Bergie, take him off the bumper and put him around the net. Yeah. Cause like he's like I watched him tonight and he's kind of like he was sitting around that OV spot just ready to let it rip like he did a couple of times but he just couldn't get it to go in so uh, not his spot yeah they they need to watch more of the wings because like last night's puck movement from what I could see in line was fantastic so I mean it's just <laughs> um that just them moving around between him like Kane and Debrinket and Larkin like that puck movement last night was fantastic they just need to find those three players. That can do it here in Grand Rapids, and, and they will. Yeah, they and not will. maybe to that caliber of you know Patrick Hawks to break in to Larkin, but like we've got someone could dream. Yeah, we've got similar, somewhat similar players, a lower caliber, but it, it can work. Um, I mean, it, over time, we've established there's three, there's two net front players in this team that need to be there: Les Bronson and Soderblom. Right? They yeah. need to be there. We've established there's guys that need to be around the net: Marco Casper, Berggren. They need to be there. Your bumper players should be Matt Luff, should be Carter Mazur, should be Tara Hirose, should be Austin Zarnick, should be Gettinger. Those are your bumper guys. And then on defense on the power play, you could rotate it. Simon, uh, 2-0. Albert. Volander. William, sometimes. Maybe Vero. Sometimes. Vero's a little bit more. No, with the offense he's generating lately, I don't see why you don't give it a shot. Brogan. He was a setup guy, but overall, so, like it, we just got to see continuations of trying something new. And I don't expect you to implement something and change it literally the next game. If it doesn't work, it's gonna it's going to take a couple games to try it and figure it out. Yeah, but that power play is going to be crucial in the playoffs. Because so, there's two things that we've got to figure out by then. It's face offs power play. Figure those two things out. You can make a deep run. You can't figure either of those two out. It's a second round exit. Yeah, Call it I mean, like I, I see it. I feel like we're going to go at least three rounds, like the third round. Heck yeah, we are. We're going to run deep. It's going to be great. So excited. Um, but yeah, overall thoughts in this game, just another good team game. Rough second period, but overall, a good team win. Backstopped by a goaltender who's playing incredible hockey right now, who, honest to God, you could tell me on Friday that he's starting on Friday again, and I would be 100% okay with that. Hutch getting the Saturday start against Rockford because he plays really well against them. I would be okay with that 100%. And yeah. if I see Coast go back to back to back, that tells me that our answer is yes, he's taken the number one slot. Moving forward. All right. With that, I think we have to send it over to DraftKings for our obligations there. And after that, I think it's time for some Toledo action, I, I say. Let's, let's, let's go to uh, Toledo. I'd like to. But yeah, go read the ad. 
We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. With Patrick Cade, Alex Debrinkit all back and ready for the, from the All-Star game, you've got good choices to make bets on them. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crowd is yours. Um, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 4673-69. In Connecticut, help you for prom gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Will Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back. All right, it is Toledo Thursday time. Where are we? I know. Why is it, why is it all blue? It's uh, for those watching on YouTube. It looks a little different. We decided to go full bore on this Toledo Thursday topic, and we decided our backdrop on YouTube needed to be Toledo walleye colors, including our logo. Even uh, our buddy Travis actually reached out asking if we could make him. Uh, a little logo of ours in the Toledo colors so he could play around with something for us. And uh, it turned out a lot sicker than I thought it would, honestly. Like, it grew on me pretty quick. I'm like, oh, could that uh, a, could be a permanent logo? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not on board for this being a permanent logo for you, for us, because the Michigan in you is just loving this. Yeah, the and Michigan I'm... fan in me loves these Toledo. That's the best part about the Toledo walleye is how close they are to Michigan colors being in Ohio. Like, God, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a Michigan or Michigan State fan, so I'm don't I'm not on the border or the rivalry. So it's like I'm an Ohio me, State fan either. Yeah, I'm not an Ohio State fan either. I just like giving Brandon crap. You almost got canceled there, buddy. You gotta be careful. You gotta clarify that you're not an Ohio State fan as well. Fire up chips. That's where I went. And everyone watches your games on Friday night. Anyways. <laughs> and Thursdays. Or Wednesdays. Oh, that's right. Whatever days they play. All right. Let's dive into the Toledo Walleye. So where we last left off with the fish, it was after their back-to-back games against Kalamazoo that uh, we had a lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings, a lot of question marks around the coaching staff. And uh, some of those questions were answered through people we talked to. One of them was we asked about the goalie coach situation. They don't have necessarily a goalie coach from what it sounds like. So there's not somebody that's designated goalie coach, which that right there tells me the difference in what you see in our goaltending down there compared to what you saw last year when Kosa was there and the Red Wings brass was definitely spending a good amount of time down there with him. Letheman and Bednar are missing that for sure. But they're also missing defense in front of them. Like the more we've dialed in here to the walleye, the more we've paid closer attention. Holy smokes. This defense needs help. And it needs help fast. So let's dive into these couple games they had over this last weekend here. So we don't got to Whoops. I love the fact that the Griffins are the deepest in the in the organization for defense and have like the best defense. <laughs> Out of the other two teams. <laughs> God, what a change of pace from last season, eh? Yeah. Uh, but let's dive into these games that the Wall I had this last weekend. They had a three-game weekend, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And on Friday, for the first time ever, Maine comes to town. And Toledo whoops them 5-3. Good start. Whoop. Again, not great defensively, but overall just another good game. In this game, Doucette gets his 10th of the season. Hawkins gets his 30th of the season. The guy's just playing a different game. Like, he really is. He's playing a different game than everybody else. It's uh, Riley Sawchuck gets his 15th of the season. Hawkins gets his 31st of the season. <laughs> this, was, uh, this was a better game than what we've seen recently for these guys. This was a fun one for everyone involved, especially being at home for them. I mean, the guys that come out of this game, you know, Sawchuck gets a goal and two assists. He's a plus two. Hawkins gets two goals. He's a plus two. Sintazo gets two assists in this game. Trenton Bliss gets an assist in this game. 
Uh, Doucette gets a goal and an assist. Lewandowski gets two assists. And John Letheman stops 29-32. Honestly, one of the better games that they've played overall recently. Like, this was kind of what we're used to seeing, minus that they went over 2 on the power play and they're struggling on the power play as well. It's crazy how that's a trend right now between the two teams. I mean, they, they use the same system. They don't need to do the same results, too. Uh, <laughs> like, like for real. Uh, it should be talked about, though. I mean, like, so Toledo had a 3 to nothing lead going into the third period in this one, and Maine did try to make a good comeback here. They scored three goals in the third. Granted, Toledo scored another two, but they tried to find something there. And, you know, what our buddy Travis down in Toledo kind of told us is Maine seems to be a team that even when they were down, they just kept fighting. And Toledo let them get back into this game a little bit. And as we'll talk about for the Saturday game, it happens again. So it, it was just interesting to see because this was a team that they had never seen before. And just kind of understanding, I know nothing about their organization. I don't know who they're affiliated with. I didn't do that much research. I'll be honest with you. But at the same time, letting a team fight back in like that, we compare. I, I joked and said Pat Mickish was very Ben Simon esque so far this season. That's the most Ben Simon statistic I've seen right there. You go up three nothing and end up having to still score another two goals in the third period to win the game. Like, where did we see that before? All last season here in Grand Rapids, while everyone in Toledo was partying with Dan while we were dreaming of having him. How's it feel now, guys? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But Toledo gets that win there. Turns around Saturday night and loses 6-4 to four to the same main team. I think what surprised? bothers me with... No. I wasn't Why? surprised by any means. Because this is... What did I just say? <laughs> he saw this all last season. I feel like we literally flipped scripts right now. They are Toledo is going through what Grand Rapids went through last year, minus the fact that Toledo came out of the gate this year, absolutely flying. Grand Rapids never did that last year. They just were bad. But I mean, in this game, you come out of the first, you're down two to one. Okay. You come out of the second period, you're up four to three. Okay. And you let Maine storm back in and score three goals in the third again. Jan Bednar stopped 12 of 17 in this game. A really, really bad game from him. Yeah. Not even just a bad game. It was a really bad game. But Travis sent us some clips. I wish we had a way to share them in the episode here for everybody so you could understand. But if I could paint a picture in your head for you with some of these goals that Maine scored... Just picture absolutely giving up on defense and letting the other team do whatever they wanted because that's what happened. I don't think I put that any better. Am I wrong? No, no. The the compete wasn't there. I mean, that's what it was. I mean, it's like we've said it for the last few weeks, like Pat has not made the correct adjustments. So for them to win the first game and then lose the second one, somebody made the adjustment on the other side. And was able to, you know, win the game, you know. Yeah. And I mean, Travis did tell us there was some small adjustments on the power play. They did get a power play goal in this game. That's good. Trenton Bliss got that goal. But defensively, it's the same shit, different day. The the problem that I have with this is the shots that are were in favor of Toledo 45 to 20. And you lost. You lost. You outshot them by double. Well, when half the goals are turnovers by your defense, like, what else it, are you supposed to do? And that's the system that they play, though, is like, we saw this a lot in Toledo last year. We saw it a lot of, like, it's a lot of breakaways. Like, the goalie has to be solid and sound in net and not have that mental break, you know? He has to be focused and ready. And Jan just my assumption on this just not good but i mean he got hung out to dry on three of the goals well and the problem i have with it too is that those turnovers that we saw in the highlights those weren't in the offensive zone resulting in a breakaway those were in their own end resulting in the team 
they're playing quickly stab- establishing themselves in their zone and lighting them up with some great passing that the defense couldn't do anything about and leaving the goalies hung out to dry. Like, those turnovers last year were in the offensive zone where the team skates in on a yeah. breakaway and big Sebastian Cosa or even John Lethemann skates out far and aggressive and made some crazy saves. There's highlight tape of them all last season just absolutely robbing people left and right. And that was good. Because Cosa's needed that a lot this year sometimes, you know? It, it's it's good to have that. But when your defense is doing it in your own zone and you can't set the way you want to be set, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, that's like, tougher. I'm not blaming the goaltending at this point. This is 100% on the defense and the coaching staff's lack of ability to make adjustments. So these goals were more like what we saw in the beginning of the year here in Grand Rapids. Is that there was turnovers from behind the net, quick shots, goal. Yeah, where we couldn't get it out of the zone. We never could establish ourselves out of it. We couldn't get it through the neutral zone. Boom, goal. Which that's okay to do in the beginning of the season. If you've like worked through it like we have, we don't see that very often anymore. You shouldn't be having right. these issues near the end of the season while we're going into the playoffs. You should be doing what Grand Rapids is doing now is building and progressing and moving up to the playoffs to get ready for playoff yeah. hockey, which is what they did start... last year. Yeah, you don't start the season at this level, blowing the doors <laughs> down and get worse. Like you just proved that you blew the doors down because the other teams weren't established yet. Yeah. Now they're established. They've played with each other for 40 plus games. And you can't beat them. At least back-to-back you can't. You can't string a win streak together right now. This team strung 18 wins together last year. And they can't do that this season. And I, I don't want to paint this picture for Toledo fans, but it's one that has to be painted. You look at this second game against Maine. Riley Sawchuk, goal and an assist. Alex Doucette, goal. Trenton Bliss, goal. Those are three players that if the depth wasn't where it is in Detroit right now, they'd be in Grand Rapids. You take those three players out of the Toledo season, you know, Trenton Bliss, second in scoring. Riley Sawchuk, what is he? Seventh in scoring. Doucette, tenth in scoring on the team. The team. You take those guys out, I don't know where this team would be. Hawk would be doing all the work with Craigs at this point. And you need these depth pieces. I mean, you see it with Detroit right now, like Sprong, like picking up, uh, Braun picking up. Like you need these guys to hit at certain times. Rasmussen picking up, Valeno last night picking up. So, I mean, you need to have this depth scoring. Toledo's just not that deep this year. It, it, I hate to say this because I'm like, the only chance we're going to be able to do is to get to Toledo is to play off hockey. And there might not be a whole, like a whole, a lot of chances for us to get there to do it. You know, at the rate they're going, they're looking to carry Pat Mikish's streak of first-round exits right into the playoffs. Ouch. I hate to be that guy, but, dude, you you have to be able to identify problems. Like, it's cool. You're still top of the division right now. Like, that's cool. But ED's only, what, four points back? Are the games played the same? Toledo's got two games in hand on Indy. But that's but, still a swing. That's still a huge swing. I mean, Four if you're talking... So let's, let's, let's talk just positioning in the conference. They're still third in the conference. Like They haven't moved. They haven't moved up. They haven't moved down, right? The next three teams behind them in the conference... Sorry, four teams are all the teams behind you in your division that are all within 10 points. That's scary. Yeah, it's too Toledo has 67 points in the season, and Kalamazoo has 57. Kalamazoo's 10 points away from Toledo. No games in hand for either team. They are even. Kalamazoo's ahead? No, they are. Both have 50 games played. Points wise, sorry. No, Toledo's first in the division still at 67 points. Kalamazoo has 57. Oh, okay. But 10 points with the amount of games left. It's not a lot. 
the way the fish are playing, that's not unrealistic. Like you're at 67 points, Indy's at 63, Wheeling is at 62, and then fourth and fifth are both tied at 57. You could be third in the division in two weeks if you're not careful. Need to put that foot on the gas, not in neutral. Gas, no brakes. No brakes. <laughs> we haven't even talked. Sorry, let's get into it. Sunday night or Sunday afternoon. Another home game against Fort Wayne. Toledo loses this one three to two. Out shoots Fort Wayne thirty to eighteen. John Letheman stops fifteen of eighteen. Toledo goes zero for two on the power play. Goes two for two on the penalty kill. They had nine shots in the first, fifteen shots in the second, which is where they scored their two goals, and six shots in the third. Goal scoring was Matt Anderson, who wasn't with the team for a couple of the games because he had it was loaned to the Toronto Marlies. McCourt had the other goal, assisted by Lewandowski and Sawchuk. I mean, here's what I feel bad about is you started this episode off with the Grand Rapids Griffins on this tear right now. And now we're sitting here just like shaking our heads going, what the hell is going on in Toledo? It's like we just went from 70 degrees out to 30 degrees. Like, this is literally <laughs> real life right now, outside, on this podcast. But, I mean, I'm just as frustrated as Toledo fans are right now. Because I feel I bad, was... because we started the first half of the season going, it'll be okay. We'll oh, figure it hell. out. I haven't figured it out. Yeah, like, it's, it's so interesting, because, like, this team just kind of came out of the gate, like, they had something to prove, and then it's like, the team never really gelled or got it together. I don't know if they're just hitting a lot of posts or if they're just getting goalied throughout the weekend. Like to put up to outshoot your opponent by double and you're still not winning. Like that's weird. Is it just bad puck luck? Like I, I just find that so odd. But like the biggest, luck. it's gonna be turnovers, bro. Yeah, that too. But like even for the um. This Comets game, like, they still were chasing the whole game. Like, it just wasn't going their way. So, I mean, it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, turnovers can cost it, but you had 30 to 18 in shots? That's still... Something has to break at some point. Is that why they're not, like, pulling the panic alarm yet? The fire alarm? Like, are they not stressing out? Because they're like, well, the stats show we should be better than what we are, you know? I mean, you're still first in your division. You're third in the conference. Your goal differential is plus 41. That's crazy. <laughs> like, that's good. Like, we say all that, and we're sitting here being like, holy hell, like, things are bad. Like, that's that's how bad this last stretch of game has just been for this team. That's how dominant this team was to begin the season. And, you know, I'll take some words from Travis here. And, you know, he says some team needs here. They need some... They need some sandpaper, man. They need some gritty guys that are going to come in there and establish themselves. They need the role-type player that's going to come in there and, and do the thing. Dan Watson brought guys in like that last season. Some veteran presence near the end of the season to get them over that hump. There's no change in the roster. Nothing. But, like, remember, the head coach there plays the GM role too. Your job is to acquire players. It's different in the ECHL. They have that job. They need to get guys in and signed. Dan Watson was calling people and they were coming. Pat Mickish, if he's calling people at all at this point, who knows if he's making adjustments there. They're not answering at least. There's got to be some adjustments. Some trades probably necessary at this point. You've got to bring in some gritty guys that can play at the same skill level as everybody else around them. Maybe change your phone number, call from a different number. You know, they're, they're seeing this out of state number call. They're like, yeah, I don't know this guy. It's a spam call. I, like it's, it's so weird. This is such a weird team. I feel because like you said, their goal differentials high. They're third in the standings, but they just, their, their possession is very good as well. Their speed is there. Their skill is there. They're just, 
they're still missing something. Like, it, what is that missing piece? So, like, we haven't been able to figure it out besides the grid. Like, maybe it's maybe they just need that third line grittiness, like you said, you know, that sandpaper line where they need that Rasmussen guy, you know, or to be able, I don't know. It's, it's odd. It's so odd. The stats don't match with what the eye test, you know? No, they don't. The eye test unveils a lot of concerning things, turnovers, bad defense, you know, all the above with not making adjustments. But stat stat wise, like if you're Detroit, and you're just looking at stats, you're like, oh, hell yeah, Pat's doing the thing. They're doing good down there. Everything's fine. It's not it's not fine. It's not set up for a deep run at all. We've said it before, and we'll say it again. It's Kelly Cup or nothing this season for the Toledo Walleye. That is the fans' expectations. They've gotten the close. Goal, and the goalies are good enough to do it. Oh, hell yeah. Both these goaltenders are extremely talented. I have no no question in my mind that it's not on these two goaltenders right now. I mean, Bednar had a bad game. Let's, let's be real. We didn't see every single goal, but the turnovers in front of them and the poor, poor defense, like... The goalie can only do so much, especially at that level. The goaltender can only do so much. And at this point, their confidence level for both of them has to be rock bottom. Yeah. I mean, you got to think John Lethemore. Like, poor Less, man. He's got to be feeling some sort of way right now. They've got to do something. They've got to change something, and it's got to be quick. It's got to be really quick because, the, like we showed with the points, this could get out of hand really, really quickly. Really Maybe that's quickly. what they need. Maybe they need to go behind. Maybe they need to play from behind the in the standings. Not the worst idea I've ever heard, but I don't want it. I don't want it to be like that. I don't. It shouldn't have to be like that, right? So right. I don't know. They've got. Three games this coming weekend, all at home again. This was a long homestand for them. It was a six-game homestand. They've got Fort Wayne again on Friday. And they've got Iowa back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. And we know Iowa's had a rough season with injuries and call-ups. All that fun stuff. These are three not must win, but need to win games. You want the fans to feel better about what's going on? You got to win these games. Iowa's bottom of the division. They're 21 and 24 on the season right now. You cannot let them beat you. You got to get these two wins against Iowa. Fort Wayne is fourth in the division. They're 10 points behind you. Let's not make it eight. Yeah, so. this, I mean, this is huge. This is a huge, like, home, like, this is a huge three game set. So you've got to come away with all three points or, or like, all three games as W's. Um, it helps if you're in regulation because the overtime is not going to help you do with Fort Wayne. Yeah. No, not at all. Not going to help you at all. So we'll see what happens. We'll keep you updated. Shout out to Travis again for helping us out here. Getting us all the stats and some highlights for us to review as well. Appreciate that, sir. Thank you. Walleye, get your shit together. That's the way to put it. <laughs> Best way to put it. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll see you guys in the 10th. Back in Kalamazoo. Yeah. It's like a 5 o'clock game down Kalamazoo. Probably be able to get to that. I looked at tickets for the uh, game on this coming Sunday, and I couldn't find four tickets together. So uh, probably not You know, able to do that one. We probably won't make it actually down to the Huntington Center this season until the playoffs, maybe. That's, uh, playoffs. that's a really sad thing to think about because I really was looking forward to it. But we we don't do this as our full-time job. We have real jobs that get in the way of things sometimes. <laughs> we do. With that, man, uh, anything else you'd like to add to this week's Thursday episode of the Hockey Town West podcast? No, I'm tired. I'm tired now. The, this game, this Griffins game was a roller coaster. Uh, Toledo 
it's been a, a weird roller coaster this season. Uh, and and hockey, here's the thing. This is what I love right now is hockey town is so back right now. And the wings are playing well. The Griffins are playing well. Toledo is trying to swim upstream. Like it's just, uh, <laughs> it's the vibes are so good right now. And I just love the fact, like when I'm watching the wings, they're mentioning the Griffins. They're mentioning like what we're doing down here. It's just good vibes all around. I just love it. And it's like playoff hockey is back. We're we're all both organized. Maybe all three will go to the playoffs. So I'm just excited. Excited about that. That'll feel really good. I think it's a combined now between the Red Wings and Griffins 47 games after tonight and only six losses between the two organizations in the last 47 games. I mean, Eisenman is such a bust. I don't know what he's been doing. He's a terrible GM. And now like, these draft picks are bust. The GM's a bust. The coaches are bust. He's a terrible GM. Sorry, we just opened our Ottawa Senators fan mail a second. Um, anyways. Uh, with just that, what we said, preach patience. Just it, it'll come. It'll it'll be here. Yeah, don't take half-ass patience and call it unparalleled success. Trust me, it's not going to work <laughs> well for you. It's not. But with that, I think it's time we wrap this episode up so we can go to bed. It's twelve thirty on a Thursday morning. School night. <laughs> a school night. <laughs> <laughs> with that. Thank you for tuning into the Thursday episode of the Hockey Town West podcast. Shout out to Everything Hockey. Go to everythinghockey.com. Use code WEST. Get 10% off. Get some sweet hoodies like these ones. They are so comfortable and warm when the weather decides to go from 70 to 30 degrees. Shout out, Michigan. Appreciate you. On top of that, shout out Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you for being a great partner. Shout out to DraftKings for being another fantastic sponsor. And shout out to our Patreon subscribers, Michael Alasante and Randy Zick. Thank you, guys. Appreciate the support for the show. If you want to join them, head over and do the same. With that, that's all we have. Have a wonderful weekend. Go Griffins. Go Red Wings. Go Walleye. Please go Walleye. And we will talk to you guys all on Monday. Love you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Hockey Town West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeytownWPod and your host, Nick at GR Hockey Guy and Brandon at Brandon GR Hockey.